Brigade Podcast with Randy Rocket Cody. It's Rock and Roll Death Brigade Podcast with me, Randy Rocket Cody of TheMetalDen.com. It is May 9th, 2021, Mother's Day. want to wish a real happy, you know, celebration with your, your mother out there all around the, uh, the world. Those of you who are listening, different parts of the... Uh, you know, the world out there, there's a lot a lot of you that still have your mother around and she's still able to, to talk with you and still healthy. You take advantage of that. Take advantage of at least giving her a call or sending her a text or an email or a card in the mail even, you know, and even if it's late, you know, it, it, it goes a long way to tell someone you know how much how much they mean to you and how much you love them. Now my mother just turned 75. Zia, Z E A, she just turned 75 on the 7th of of May here, just a couple days back. So, wishing her a happy Mother's Day today, and again, happy birthday, hitting the big 75. Still going strong, living out in Los Angeles, and uh, gave me a lot of you know, just free reign as a kid in Los Angeles growing up during the 80s and 90s and whatnot uh, to go to heavy metal shows as I wanted, see Motley Crue and the Santa Monica Civic Center. And, you know, I was like barely 11 or 12, you know, getting ready to start seeing those kinds of uh, events live. And and then really, it's always been very supportive of what, what I do in, at TheMetalDen.com. Uh, site and the, the effort I put forth there with working in the heavy metal industry for the past 16 years. So again, just want to uh, send out Happy Mother's Day to my mom, Zia. Love you very much. As well, my wife, Hope, who uh, is a wonderful mother to our fur babies. And so they're quite a handful. We've got four of them, two dogs, two cats here at the uh, Cody Manor. Uh, Ginger, Domino are the two dogs, female, male, and then Sylvester and Cosmo, male and female. So we've got a two-story place, and so the cats are upstairs and the dogs are downstairs. Anyways, uh, just again, it's a time for everybody to really, despite all the craziness that's going on in this world, you know, life is real short. And those that are the closest to you, especially like your mother, the one that brought you in to this place, make an effort. No matter what kind of bad history has happened between the two of you, you can still cross that fire and come together. Get through the fire, man. You know what I mean? Life is not going to be easy all the time. It's not going to be, you know... Um, it's not always going to be a fun time. You've got to make decisions in your life sometimes. It's not just all about you. 
You need to think about other people, especially the person that loved, loves you the most since you were just a little whippersnapper. So enough on that. Uh, I do want to say that we will be including uh, in the podcast uh, tonight, we'll have a little clip of the interview I did on WQEE 99.1 about the Brandon Lee conspiracy theory that I've uh, written. Uh, it's part two. And I'm telling you, just outstanding. We had a wonderful, just great, great discussion about the Brandon Lee case and how it all uh, has broken down in terms of, you know, what, what's going on currently with it in terms of the uh, different types of, uh, of evidence and people have come forward. I've, there's a guy named Ed Parker Jr. who I've mentioned in my uh, part two report that will uh, definitely get you thinking and, and, and looking into this deeper, I hope. Because he's he's raised questions that possibly Brandon Lee was murdered, and that it wasn't an accident on the movie sets, you know, of him getting shot. So that's something we got to uh, investigate. That's what I'm doing with the reporting, and hopefully you'll enjoy it. You can find that report at randyrocketcody.com. I'll have uh, more coming, lots more coming. I've got stuff coming, uh, including. What I'll be doing for Chris Cornell will be celebrating his four-year anniversary of his death. Uh, I say celebrating, you know, what a genius musician. Uh, what a terrible, terrible way to go. However you want to look at the story. Uh, just just a real sad ending. And so, but I, I want it to be about celebration. I think Chris was such a special, monumental figure in rock and roll history that he's just, he's just, so special, you know, and, and anytime you can celebrate him, celebrate the man. You know what I mean? So that's what it's about. Uh, my article is going to go into some of the, the darker corridors of, of what I've been discussing for the past four years in terms of Chris's work with uh, abused kids and uh, how that potentially all connects to Pizzagate, Pedogate. All this uh, pedophilia stuff in Hollywood and uh, the music industry and beyond, going all the way to the Vatican, believe it or not. So that's stuff that we're going to be looking at in terms of uh, how, how it all connects to Chester Bennington and Lincoln Park. So I'm going to be doing some reporting more on Chester as well. We're going to get... Uh, get a lot of the stuff out of the way. We've got also the Titanic we've got to get back to. So anyways, we'll have a short little clip here uh, of some of the interview that I did on the FM rock radio station WQEE in Atlanta, Georgia, as well as playing in uh, Alabama and beyond with host Ryan O'Neill. Great stuff. Definitely check out Ryan online. You'll have a link here uh, that you can hit in the podcast or in the actual press release on the MetalDen.com site. All right, before we get rocking with some music, let's just go ahead and go over what's been uh, reported at the MetalDen.com site, the latest news stories. You know, we're always updating them constantly, 24-7. Very few metal sites out there do that. You might get one new press release in, in 24 hours, if you're lucky. I'm always constantly, you know, updating it, and I'm putting the, the heaviest bands in heavy metal 
on my side. We're not playing games. We're not doing alternative metal. We're not, you know, we're not doing country metal. We're not, you know, we're doing straight up heavy metal. All right, Mayhem is going to release a new EP in July. How cool is that? Megadeth. Bassist David Ellison has launched a brand new video podcast. So he's got his new on-demand video podcast, uh, David Elfson. I interviewed David way back. David was interviewed at the Melden.com site somewhere around the, I want to say 2008 or 9 point, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so that was a real great interview to do with him. And I know he's always loved the TMD logo for the Metal Den. But he's launched this, uh, he'll be launching this uh, video podcast called Backstage with David Ellison on the Star Worldwide Network. So that's going to be uh, something to check out. Suffocation has rescheduled their Euro European tour dates with Belfagor. Black Label Society is working on a new album. So yeah, Zach Wilde chatted with Meltdown of Detroit's WRIF radio station. They discussed the development of the band's next studio album. So get ready for some more Zach Wilde. Shadows Fall set to play a reunion show this year. Gosh, I don't real didn't realize they've been out of out of the game for so long. They've been on the sidelines since 2014. Some of these bands they just disappear and they come back and you look and it's like wow, it's like a time warp. Bloodbath 2022 North American tour dates. So we've got also Megadeth has rescheduled the metal tour of the the year dates. That was just announced, and uh, Empire of Disease signed with Wormhole Death. So a bunch of news stories to check out the Mailden.com site. Want to thank everyone who's been supporting my work at all the different sites that I own. Uh, you know who you are. I appreciate it. We're kicking butt, getting tons and tons of views all over the world, doing it independently, and there's nothing better than that. So I really do thank everyone who does support my work and gets the word out even about this podcast and shares it with your friends on your Facebook or Twitter, okay? All right, let's get rocking with some music.
tough to stick together, folks. I don't know. I respect people that can make it work, man. I've, I've been through it a few times, and I, I set myself up for it. I know that. I do. I get some really. I go for the fucking women that are just gonna rip my heart out. I'm attracted to heartbreakers. I am. I love those women. You go up to them and they go, "Hi, hi there, hi." Listen, is that your heart? That's my kind of girl. The ones that are really honest about it, you know, I like those. The girls will just tell you right up front, I'm not going to hurt you like the others. No. No, I'm going to show you a whole new fucking level of emotional pain. They were amateurs, but you're going to beg for those bitches by the time I get through with you. First, I'm going to fuck all your friends. Every single one of your friends, I'm going to fuck them. Guys, you've known for 10 years. And then I'm going to leave you about seven, dollars $8,000 in debt. And uh, ruin your credit, get your phone disconnected. And just for kicks, I'm going to talk into giving me your car. Hey, it's Randy. What's up, brother? How you doing? I'm great. How's it going, brother? I am doing good on this uh, Thursday morning. <laughs> good. You're almost done with the week here. Yeah, I know. You know, and it's great to live in a free state. I don't know about the rest of you guys, but <laughs> I think that's we've been living in a free state for a, for a year now. I don't. I, everybody keeps talking about how they all have. They want freedom. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Y'all gonna need to move, move to Georgia, huh? Yeah, I guess people need to move to Georgia, maybe because uh, I haven't, I haven't really felt much of an impact on nothing like that. But now we're getting the economy back. I mean, we our economy didn't die quite that bad, but now that our economy's getting back, I think we're slowly moving back up and everything. Well, they've, and they've, uh, they've decimated Texas. Oh, I know. <laughs> I mean, I could tell you one horror story after the next. I mean, uh, my wife's ex-husband, she just went out uh, and had, had some lunch with him the other day. I had, hadn't seen him for a while. And he was uh, uh, telling her he's he's been uh, – he does the um, window tinting for one uh -huh. of these – I forget if, who the hell it is, Chevy or Ford, who, whoever it is, but it, one of the big names. And uh, he, he, got, he had to get laid off. Now, he was with them for like 27 years. And this stems from the fact that they can't even get the su proper supplies for the tinting anymore. Wow. They're, they're not able to, to manufacture them right now, at, at, apparently, at the rate that they were before. So they've lost that, plus the fact that people aren't buying cars as much and um, dur during this pandemic. And so, yeah, he lost his job, and he's moving back in with his parents. Dude, they're in their 70s, and he's in his mid-50s. Now that... And, up, and he's on, yeah, and he's on unemployment check, which is next to nothing. And uh, he might be going back, I guess they said, like in September when things start to pick back up. But um, if they do, but um, that's just a, a just a, you know, small indicator of what people are going through, especially here in, in, in this state uh, as a trickle down from all of the the fallout from the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
I mean, but then, you know, some people that are, are, are doing that and getting the unemployment. Well, that's and, what most and, people do. I mean, this guy, dude, this guy works like a monster. This guy yeah, can, he can do like three or four people's work, and that's why they've kept him so long. Because right. he can, he can produce, he can get in there, and he's he's a smaller guy, and he can really whip whip out those uh, the tinting, you know. And right. uh, so he's always had a great, you know, he's always had a good making about eighty thousand a year, you know what I mean? And uh, yeah, 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 that right there for that to just go oh, away completely, you know. Oh yeah, dude, he's getting next to nothing, and he had to yeah. he had to battle to get that. He had to finally tell him, well, you guys have to. But I'm not going to be getting any hours and stuff. You know, you need to lay me off so I can at least get an unemployment check. You know what I mean? So, yeah. you yeah, know, I mean, and that, he, that, this guy works wow. hard, dude. I mean, a lot of people out there don't work hard and are, are just out there to get a free meal ticket. And um, and so to see a guy like that, you know, when I heard that, I was like, wow, that's pretty hardcore to see that poor guy who it works like a, just hard, man, works hard for for, for that. And uh, and to see that taken away, and now he's just like throwing in throwing in his chips, uh, even parted ways with his lady. He's getting divorced and is moving back wow. in with his parents. So it's like, I mean, if that doesn't tell you how much it's breaking people down, it is. It is. No, man, that's a perfect example of uh, what I what I was talking about is the is what I would consider the middle class people out there mm -hmm. that are being damaged from all of this in the economy and everything because uh, the pandemic doesn't, to be honest with you, the pandemic is not affecting people with money, rich people at all. And the pandemic's not affecting really, you know, certain other people. No, uh, people, they, people who are established in technical trade jobs right. or that sort of money. thing. The government, yep. government jobs, you know what I mean? Government jobs, yep. Mm -hmm. People like that. Entertainment, entertainment, you know what I mean? They don't, you know, they can make jokes on Twitter about all day. It's, it doesn't affect them, you know? The people it's killing and, and really literally starving to death right now in certain parts of this country are are the uh, the people in the middle and, of course, the people below, you know, the poverty line. The people in the middle and the people below, yep. That's exactly who's being affected by it. And they just... Uh, you know, it's terrible because people that are below the poverty level, people are, are fussing about those people not wanting to go back to work for $7.25, and they're making more money on unemployment. And the people like you were speaking about that was making what he was making a year, now it's killing him because he's unable to make what he normally makes, and he's going below what he used to make. And, yeah. and it, that's really damaging everybody. I mean... They want they want people to work for seven dollars and twenty five cents, but people like him who established himself that in, in what he was being paid per year, he's not getting paid. It. No, you know, and how can you expect him to go get seven twenty five? How can anybody expect somebody like him? And this is my this is my thing. How can they expect somebody like him who who is making what he's making and waiting for his job to come back and he's got to be on unemployment? How can they expect him to go find a job for seven twenty five an hour? Exactly. You know, he's, he's you know now he's relegated to like there's a. a friend that we know that's got a little shop and whatnot and yeah. you know he's a he's a partier and he's, he doesn't take things too serious but he has a shop and stuff and he needs he needs cars tinted in there and uh you know but it's it's a far cry from where he was you know so he's going to probably go do a little bit of work for him a little uh right. freelance work in the meantime for him and whatnot so he can still he can still get as well his uh 
his unemployment. But uh, but like I said, I mean, you want to just talk. I mean, I was like, this guy was like the rock of people I know that works hard and 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 doesn't complain and just you know he's he's got two kids, sixteen and eighteen, and he's been playing uh, paying the alimony support whatnot. You know that that uh, so. Uh, Wow. And those kids, you know, they're they're pretty much at age now, so he's getting he's getting out of that, and and he's divorcing with his his uh, his lady. The kids are from another marriage, but the lady he's been with, I guess she's right. got Mexican. She's from Mexico, and so uh-huh. she recently went to Mexico to see her parents like that. But they basically, I guess, through this pandemic, the past year, they they've decided to call off the whole thing. You know. Wow, that's bad, man. Yeah, I said, Jesus, man, I mean, and he, he just had a triple bypass not, not too long ago. And, oh, my uh, Lord. So he, well, he's a, he's a smoker and he's, he's, he likes gambling. He likes to gamble and he likes to gamble with his money. And he like loves buying the quick picks and all that stuff and all that crap. Right. And so he's kind of a junkie with that kind of stuff, but he's used to making a lot of money, you know? Um, yeah. And now he's just, he's not making nothing, you know? So it's like, um, it's just to hear those. And he, if he's got the money, if he's got the money to spend, you know, anybody, to me, anybody has money to spend, and if they have a lot of money to spend and they do something, that's their personal thing. But if, you know, if he was, if he was making, barely making a living and he was doing that, then, you know, exactly. I'd probably, I'd probably look at it different. Exactly. But. And he's going to inherit his parents' house. I mean, his parents are in the seventies and whatnot, you know, but it's like, you know, he's got other brothers and sisters. And they're way more successful, dude. They won't have anything to do with the family as far as coming down and helping the parents or being at that house because yeah, they've got I half a million it. dollar homes. And he doesn't. So it's like, you know, so he's he's kind of he's getting uh, the special treatment and he's going to be able to he's going to be the one I guess the parents let inherit the house. And stuff, well, he but, probably sees the parents all the time anyway. Yeah, he's, he's probably, he sees them all the time. And, you know, he cares about them and he's probably helping them out. All right, let's get ready. Hold on, brother. Let's do it. Uh, his case 
And we have discussed this right here on the show, and you have a number of, uh, a lot of information that you put out on the World Wide Web. Your thoughts on them looking into Scott's case again? I think that's uh, huge. I, I Obviously, as I've said before, I think there's a lot of things in his case that, uh, you know, sent up some red flags in, ter in terms of potential foul play being involved and, uh, you know, any any kind of, uh, you know, any kind of inquest or anything that could be done uh, at, at this point to, to, to try and get some of the, uh, you know, the evidence surrounding his, his death and in terms of what we're talking about forensically and all these sorts of things, you know, that's just going to be helpful. Um, so I, I'm not exactly sure to, to the extent that that's going to happen because, again, that in the Brandon Lee case, that was something that I've pointed out that, that I wasn't happy with is, is the fact that it wasn't a full uh, uh, judge and jury uh, inquest that was done in, in Brandon's case. It was kind of pushed along real quickly and a DA made 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 their decision on what the, the, the situation was. And, and it wasn't like the, the Twilight Zone film case where you had 93 days of testimony, okay? So, yeah, I think it's a great thing. I think it's something that a lot of people should pay attention to uh, in, in the Weiland case, for sure. Yeah, you know what, and I'm, I'm excited to see where I can look at that maybe uh, as we continue to talk about this Yeah, I think so. I think because of the work that I have done and the fact that I've been so, uh, um, I mean, I, I, I was all over the place. I mean, I, I was everywhere that you could be as an independent journalist in the mainstream, I was able to get to, you know, from the yahoos to everything with all my reports, uh, which is just phenomenal. Um, so I, I was able to get my work in front of hundreds of millions um, in, in a very quick, literally, time you know that was just so explosive and the work that i did i'm very proud of i mean we're talking four years ago now since i started working on the cornell and uh, bennington matters um i go back and now read the stuff that i wrote and i mean it's fantastic i mean it's just uh, it stands on its own it's uh, i think it's something to uh to be very worthy in consideration for when people are looking at the the, the facts and all, all of these matters and so very proud of it. I'm very proud that <clears throat> I think that, that that's what journalism is about is is to to get people to to lean forward, maybe get more people complaining to, to the uh, to the establishment, um, demanding some some answers and uh, and some proper procedure in terms of justice. And so 
I wouldn't be surprised if we did uh, if we did see some kind of uh, some movement in those in those cases as well here. The report, first off, I'll let everybody know uh, that is uh, available to read now at randyrocketcody.com site. And um, the part two is, uh, you know, carries on from the ideas that I was posing in, in, in part one, which relates to what I talked about with Saturn worship uh, right. and, and ritual, ritual murder and uh, how that all correlates and, and connects to Satan. And, um, but most importantly, um, what I've done in part two is I've, because the Illuminati is something that is looming so large, especially in this, in this matter, in terms of people saying, you know, the Illuminati killed Brandon Lee and, and, and that's what happened and they're covering it all up. What I wanted wow. to do was I wanted to be able to show the reader the potential for, for this being possible. Um, and that, that was by connecting this whole idea of okay, Brand, uh, Brandon Lee's father, Bruce Lee, was a famous martial artist who who happened to also become a, a movie star and, and TV TV star. Um, but he 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 was somehow given that connection into Hollywood. And so, what I needed to do because that is the Illuminati. What I needed to do was somehow I needed I needed someone to help connect that. And so what I have found is a person uh, that does that indeed. Uh, a gentleman by the name of Ed Parker Jr., who mm -hmm. was featured uh, recent years on an Inside Edition report on TV about Brandon and his yeah. death. And um, Ed Parker Jr. is actually a well-known martial arts instructor. Uh, his father um, is, is a legend. And his father, Ed Parker, uh, is, is the father of American Kenpo Karate. Wow. And Ed Parker Jr. states in this Inside Edition uh, report, which I include in my, in, my, in my report, you can play it on YouTube. Uh, he says, quote, in this, in this um, really uh, shocking and for it to not have gotten a lot more play, report is, is is really uh it's it's kind of scary because what he actually says and that's how i start my report off is the quote that ed parker jr says is quote you don't see a 44 caliber slug on a movie set unquote so that's that's pretty pretty much uh, spot on in terms of where we start with this you don't have 
a movie star on a motion picture production, especially one of this level, the kind of money that was being spent on this film to be made, being made at Carol, being made at Carol Coe Studio uh, itself, um, for for your your leading man, the star of the movie, to end up with a forty four slug in his gut. Okay, that's we got problems, people. <laughs> we got major problems because anybody who knows anything about movie prop guns, okay, there there it's it's not the same thing. Okay, it's it's a casing. And that casing can sometimes be filled with stuff like paper to affect the weight, to give it the same weight that it would have if it actually had um, a charge in there. Right. So the fact that Brandon, that they actually say that they pulled a 44 slug out of him, that tells us everything we need to know. Somewhere between the mix, the actor Michael Massey, who was the one who shot, who shot Brandon Lee during the scene, He's now he's now deceased, by the way, so he can't be further questioned. Uh, he he basically uh, is is given a gun now to use in the scene to fire at Brandon. Well, we now know that somehow a 44 ammo was loaded up into in, into into this gun and was shot and killed this 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 young rising movie star. So what we've got we've got to look at, and the fact is that I've talked about before was the straight up negligence that was going on, and that's what they ruled on this matter. The DA ruled that it was it was negligence, not foul play. Well, that's convenient. That's a convenient way to, to you know you use that use the director uh, to to cover up the assassination, and uh, so meaning they you know they have the 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 director do things that are like. Well, he didn't have a, a, a gun uh, master, a guy on the set that night after midnight. Uh, there was nobody there to apparently to, to do any of the safety procedures for that they normally have on the set. So I pointed out as well that the timing that this takes place, anytime that you get close to the, to the witching hour after midnight, between midnight and three, which is where they were shooting the scene, now you're starting to get into satanic ritual area because that that's that's when these sorts of things are pulled off is because that's the time I've I've talked about where where the the veil between us and, and the in uh, the spirit world is the thinnest and so and that means demonic uh, possession that could be for demonic possession that could be for summoning. Uh, right. Ritual murder, all that stuff. It's, it goes hand in hand with other things we've talked about, like with the Titanic, where yeah. I, I've called that a ritual sacrifice. So um, this is this is what we're looking at: is we're looking at a production that, just like the Titanic, was completely, uh, you know, giving the middle finger to everybody in terms of safety. And yeah. and so that's that's what we've got to look at. And then you've got this Ed Parker Jr who, I'm not saying this, Ed Parker Jr. is the one saying that this is murder. It's out of his own mouth. He's actually saying on this Inside Edition piece that, that we're looking at a murder here. So uh, what I'm trying to do really with uh, part two, what I what I was trying to do is, is, is make that connection so that you can understand how possibly we talk about the Hollywood curse, how this, how this has possibly happened to the... Uh, 
to, to the leaves. And uh, it's something that I think that people need to take seriously. In fact, the, the report, uh, the third part that will be coming for this is, is truly dark, truly disturbing. This, this second part um, starts to kind of give you an idea of what's, what's to come. I do tell everybody, and especially with part two, that this is a, a 18 year old and over only. Uh, don't let any of your kids that are younger than that read it. Um, right. And that's a lot that has to do with just the fact that that, that goes for any types of occult, <laughs> occult material because, uh, sorry about that. Hold on a second.
here's another one of these civic customs. Swearing on the Bible. You understand that shit? They tell you to raise your right hand, place your left hand on the Bible. Does this stuff really matter? Which hand? Does God really give a fuck about details like this? Suppose you put your right hand in the Bible, you raise your left hand. Would that count? Or would God say, sorry, wrong hand, try again? And what, why does one hand have to be raised? What is the magic in this gesture? This seems like some sort of a primitive voodoo mojo shtick. Why not put your left hand on the Bible, let your right hand hang down by your side? It's more natural. Or put it in your pocket. Remember what your mother used to say? Don't put your hands in your pockets. Does she know something we don't know? Is this hand shit really important? Well, let's get back to the Bible, America's favorite national theatrical prop. Suppose the Bible they hand you to swear on is upside down, or backward, or both, and you swear to tell the truth on an upside down backward Bible. Would that count? Suppose the Bible they hand you is an old Bible and half the pages are missing. Suppose all they have is a Chinese Bible in an American court or a Braille Bible and you're not blind. Suppose they hand you an upside down backward Chinese Braille Bible with half the pages missing. At what point does all of this stuff just break down and become just a lot of stupid shit that somebody made up? They fucking made it up, folks. It's make-believe. It's make-believe. Now, all right, okay. Let's leave the Bible aside. We'll get back to the science fiction reading later. The more important question is, what is the big deal about swearing to God in the first place? Why does swearing to God mean you're going to tell the truth? Wouldn't affect me. If they said to me, you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth to help you, God, I'd say, yeah. I'll tell you about as much truth as the people who wrote that fucking Bible. How do you like that? Huh? Huh? Swearing on the Bible doesn't mean anything. It's, it's kid, swearing to God is kid stuff. Did you, you ever, remember when you were a kid, if you, if you told another kid something he didn't quite believe, he'd say, you swear to God? I would always say, yeah, I swear to God. Even if I was lying. Why not? What's gonna happen if I lie? Nothing. Nothing happens if you lie. Unless you get caught and that's a whole different story. Sometimes a kid would think he was being slick with me and he'd say, you swear on your mother's grave? I'd say, yeah, why not? First of all, my mother was alive. She didn't even have a grave. <laughs> Second of all, even if she was dead, what's she gonna do, rise from the grave and come and haunt me? Come and haunt me? All because I told a lie to an eight-year-old? Get fucking real, will ya? Sometimes I would say, I swear on my mother's tits. <laughs> Kids are impressed with things like that. I mean, I don't care about my mother's tits either. I don't care if they fell off. Fuck her. <laughs> Not my problem. They're your tits, Ma. You keep an eye on them. 
Swearing to God doesn't mean anything. Swearing on the Bible doesn't mean anything. You know why? Because Bible or no Bible, God or no God, if it suits their purposes, people are going to lie in court. The police do it all the time. All the time. Yes, they do. It's part of their job to protect, to serve, and to commit perjury whenever it supports the state's case. Swearing on the Bible is just one more way of controlling people and keeping them in line, and it's one more thing that holds us back as a species. Come on, turn it